thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We are so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Heater. We're having such a good time. We're on a series. We've started another series and uh, my, 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 there's so much to say in it. We invite you go back and watch the previous episodes on this series. We're talking about the double portion anointing. And um, especially the first several episodes we did, one, two, three, especially we got into a little bit more of laying the foundation for us to go further. But we need you to go back and watch it just because getting in on this midstream, you're going to miss some things and we don't want you to miss it. Um, We're talking about, we know this, that the word tells us there's an anointing that abides in every believer. The day you got born again, the moment you got born again, the anointing of God came in on the inside of you and it doesn't leave you. And that anointing that abides within every believer does not increase. The measure of it does not grow, but our skill, our knowledge toward it can grow. Our skill with cooperating with it can grow. So it can come into greater manifestation just because we allow it to flow unhindered. Amen. But there is an anointing that comes upon And that anointing that can come upon is for those who are separated unto the ministry, the fivefold pulpit ministry. And um, there's an anointing that comes upon, but that anointing that comes upon is for those that you're ministering to. It's not for the minister himself. The anointing that abides within the minister is for his own personal life. But the anointing that comes upon is not for his own personal life. It's for his effectiveness in ministering to others. The anointing that comes upon can increase. So in, in talking about the price, and, and we're teaching out of this book, the price of the double portion anointing. In talking about this book, it is especially targeted for those who are in the fivefold ministry, but the same principles for uh, ministers to walk in, believers are to walk in. And if believers will walk in this, then that anointing that abides within every believer can flow unhindered and will receive greater benefits. So don't just limit this that I'm teaching and say, well, that's for fivefold or that, you know, for someone who has a pulpit ministry. No, these, these truths are, are the, they're, they're word based. So they work for everyone. Amen. Now, when I say this, this title, the double portion anointing, I I want you to know not everybody, not every believer is going to walk under a double portion anointing and not every minister is. Mm -hmm. Um, It's connected to a man who stays with the man God told him to hook up to and he stays with him throughout the course of that man's life. Like Elisha did toward Elijah. God told Elijah, anoint Elisha to be prophet in your stead or in your room. 
and Elisha stayed with Elijah till he saw him leave the earth. So there is a qualification here that has to be met. For a minister who is receiving of another minister is they stay where God told them to be and they, they're there for the life of that man. Yes. And, and unless God had separate, unless God told him to separate, the man didn't separate himself is yes. what, is, what yes. is, is shown here. But um, even that, not all ministers will ever find themselves in that position of receiving a double portion. You can't get in a ministry line and, and have someone like, say, I want you to lay hands on me to receive a double portion. That's not how it comes. That's, right. That's not how it comes. It comes by proximity, living close, serving, and being faithful throughout the course of that assignment. Amen. So that's a quick mention to it. But for, like I said, for every believer, the anointing that abides within, we can become more skillful. Yes. And if we're more skillful, it will flow in a greater degree. Amen. 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 It'll flow stronger out. Amen. Although the degree that abides within won't increase, the flow of it out can be of a greater degree. That's right. You know, um, because we can just have, we can only let it flow out a little or we can draw on it in a great measure. Yes. The measure of it doesn't increase, but our flow, our our cooperation with the flow can increase. Amen. Um, the anointing of God is power. Just know that. The anointing of God is the power of God and it requires skill to handle power. And the more, uh, the more the power is increased, the greater the level of skill is required to handle that power. Amen. So when we want to walk as a believer with a great measure of that anointing that's within us, when we want to flow out unhindered, it's going to call for our skill. We can't be unskillful and think we're going to have it to flow out as fully as it can. So in uh, 2018, I was um, in St. Petersburg, Russia. And God had told me a couple of weeks before I went to that meeting, he said, I'm going to speak to you there. I had no idea what that would look like. Um, but Jesus came into my hotel room and talked to me for an hour on one night that I was there. You say, did you see him face to face? No, I did not. It was by word of knowledge. I knew where he was staying and I heard everything he said to me. That's what I recorded. That's what I recorded in the price of the double portion anointing book because it was said to me, but it wasn't, it was for the body. And so that's why I want to take the time to teach it for the body because we're in the last day era. Jesus is coming. And so there is going to be an increased flow of power. Why? To harvest the father's harvest that belongs to him in this. And so uh, we need to be skillful in these last days, especially with what God's bringing us into. So Jesus said to me that night, and I'm not going to at this time read the entire thing of what he said to me, but I'm just going to read the portion that we're teaching on right now. He said, to walk accurately and in the fullness of this era and season, do not misspeak under the anointing. Bring great consecration to the tongue and speech, not speaking lightly, inappropriately, or with exaggeration. Now, if, let me just stop there. Just for, if we're talking to ministers, misspeaking under the anointing, he's referring to when you're in the pulpit, when you're ministering the word of God to others. But what about for the believer? Just misspeaking in our everyday life. 
Amen. That, that's to be our standard that we yes. say, I'm not going to misspeak yes. in my everyday life. Why? You say, well, that says under the anointing. Yes, but also there's an anointing that abides within us yes. and we want it to flow unhindered. Yes. So he said to me that night, only truth can be in your mouth for God and his power only flow through truth. Then Jesus said, I only said what I heard my father say. I only did what I saw my father do. Now, no wonder he had such degrees or outflows of power because he only, he, he spoke accurately. He only said what God told him to say. He only did what God told him to do. Amen. Now he's not talking about every conversation was, you can't say this or you can only say this. He's saying when he's ministering to the people, it was as God said. When he's ministering to his, to his disciples, it was as God said. You know, he would have been an easy man to talk to in a conversation. Don't you think yes, that? Don't you yes. know that about him? He was not, he was not, if I could say this, overworked, overwrought, uptight, mm-hmm. anxious. Right. Yeah. He would have been easy, an easy conversationalist. Yes. But he's talking about when he was ministering to the people. He only mm-hmm. said what God said. When he was in yeah, his own right. personal life, his speech was in agreement with what God mm-hmm. said. Right. Amen. Amen. But he would have been easy to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, it, he would take his everyday life and demonstrate that he only said what his father said. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. What's that mean? He only spoke in line with the word. Yeah. That doesn't mean... You can't say this unless I tell you to say this. He only spoke in line with the word. He only spoke what his father said. It was in line with what his father said. He could say hi to someone without God telling him to say hi to them. You see, you don't want to misunderstand, misapply it, you know? No, his speech was in line with how the father directed him. So then uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, let's go there in the Amplified Classic Translation. Now, see, we're talking here about what Jesus said about not misspeaking. And he said, bring great consecration to the tongue and speech, not speaking lightly, inappropriately, or with exaggeration. I want us to see 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 20, the Amplified Classic. Paul is writing to Timothy and he said, Oh, Timothy, guard and keep the deposit entrusted to you. Now, every one of us have that anointing that's deposited and entrusted to us, right? Yes. There's that, that anointing that abides within. Yeah. So anything that God has given us and entrusted to us, it's up to us to keep it. It's up to us to handle it appropriately. Right. Don't mishandle it. Uh-huh. Amen. So then he, Paul tells Timothy how to keep the deposit that's entrusted to him with the next phrase. He says, turn away from irreverent babble and godless chatter with the vain and empty and worldly phrases. Look at that. I want to read it again. Turn away from the irreverent babble and godless chatter with the vain and empty and worldly phrases. What's this mean? Christians ought not just pick up the slang of society. If it's mindless, if it has a tone of irreverence to it, if it's disrespectful, you know, there's just certain ways. I don't care what's popular in society. It should, it should meet the word and not the standard of society. I've gotten the privilege of being around some of God's generals in the body of Christ over the many years that my husband's in my ministry. And let me just say, it was easy to see 
that they were not men who spoke lightly and loosely and carelessly. Mm-hmm. Amen. They didn't just mindlessly talk. These men knew that their words were spiritual currency. They were words that purchased things. Now, they didn't speak loosely. They didn't just, they understood their words carried power and their words carried purpose. They didn't try, let me say this, they didn't try to go around sounding deep. Sounding spiritual, they were naturally themselves, but they had the skill with their words and with their speech. That listen, they were warm. They were not robotic. They didn't. They didn't speak. They don't speak in scripture and verse every time you speak to them. But I'm saying the scriptures govern their speech. Meaning they don't say things that are out of line with the word. They spoke things that were in line with the word, yet they were warm, they were friendly, they're easy to have conversations with. Uh They're personal, they spoke easily with others, but their spirit was large. And you heard the largeness of their spirit. And they were full of God because it carried, their words carried weight. There was a weightiness to them. They let their words represent God. They were filled. They were full of, they were words full of meaning, full of truth, so to speak. Their words were measured. They didn't spend them lightly. Um, Charles Finney, you've probably heard of him, but he was a minister in the 1800s who had far-reaching revivals, had a tremendous impact in the United States. And there was a man that traveled often with him called Father Nash. And Father Nash was a man of prayer. Uh, Charles Finney was the preacher and Father Nash, who I think at one time had been a pastor, but he ended up assisting Charles Finney in his meetings and mainly in this flow of prayer. And so Charles Finney would be out conducting the revivals and, and Father Nash would be maybe in a hotel room, a rented room somewhere praying. He wouldn't even be out at the meetings they were attending, but yet people knew who he was. Um, They were acquainted with him. And somebody asked Charles Finney once, they said, what is Father Nash like? And this was what Charles Finney said. He said, he doesn't talk much like any, any man who prays a lot. Listen to that. He doesn't talk much like any man who prays a lot. He's not saying talking is wrong. He's saying that when a man spends their time, uh, much time with God, they know that their words carry something. They, they spend their words wisely. They're not lightly speaking. They're not loosely and carelessly speaking. Now, this is the kind of mindset we have to have to carry anointing for a, 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 a stronger flow of the anointing to flow out. We can't just spend our words mindlessly. They have to facilitate the anointing. They have to cooperate with the word of God. They have to be full of, of what God can feel. Amen. Amen. When a man understands his place with God, he's sober about his words and he values what he says. Amen. So when Jesus said to me these words that night in St. Petersburg, Russia, he said, bring great consecration to the tongue. Mm -hmm. And he told me how, not speaking lightly, inappropriately, or with exaggeration. Mm -hmm. 
Now, let's look at this phrase, not speaking lightly. When I was growing up, um, I had there were four kids in our family. Um, I was the youngest of four, so I had two brothers and a sister older than me. So because age-wise and size-wise, I couldn't keep up with them, and they could they could outpower me. Let me say it that way. If we ever got in a wrestling match or something, I was outpowered. So because I couldn't win physically, I, I learned to win verbally. You know what I mean by that? I had to win with my words. So I became, I developed a great wit and a skill with wit. Uh, as I grew in God, I had to quit using that other mechanism. You know, because it's easy to get the upper hand just with wit. (laughs) You want to, you want the word to put you at the top. You don't want your wit to put you somewhere. Amen. Amen. But um, God dealt with me strongly Uh about tempering that. He's not saying you can't have fun. He's not saying you can't joke around with people and have fun with people. But there is such a way that you, you we have been trained to use our words a certain way. Right. Is that going to facilitate what God wants to do? Good. We have to measure that. Yes. Amen. 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 Because then it, it, it started affecting how I conducted relationships, uh-huh. you know. And so God dealt with me about that. And... Um, I said, you know, he said, you got to quit using that wit that way. (laughs) And I thought, well, my gosh, in our family, it was rewarded. It was appreciated. It was valued. It was congratulated, but not with God. And so these are the things that we have to understand. Like I said, I'm not saying being boring and not having fun. I'm just talking about not using it wrongly, not using it wrongly. And so we, we have to learn to govern what about our speech mm-hmm. would hinder God from blessing people yeah. Yeah. Amen. and would give more voice to us in our flesh, mm-hmm. right. our yeah. way of thinking instead of God's way of thinking. Yes. Yes. Now, um, we have to discipline ourselves not to, th- not to speak lightly. That means we have to learn not to think lightly. That's right. yeah. Amen. 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 How, we'll, we'll end up speaking the way we thinking the way we let our minds go. My mother, because our house was always full of activity, always full of fun. And we had, we had a fun household. We had a, a, a healthy household, but there were times it, it, you know, we could do some talking, the four kids. And my mother would look at us and she'd say, quit rattling. You know what that means? You're just, you're not even saying anything. You're just making noise. You're thinking just because there's air, you got to use it. And that's what she would say to us, quit rattling. There have been times I've had to catch myself, Nancy, don't rattle. We all have to. Amen. She was saying just because there's silence doesn't mean it has to be filled. You know, it's okay that it goes silent because we were just looking for when's my time on the floor. You know, we just used it for our stage. Whenever they get off the floor, I'm going on the floor, you know. And so mother would remind us often, quit rattling. Um, Then Jesus said this also, this phrase, not speaking inappropriately. Well, what is speaking inappropriately would be, how about words of fear? Why? Because that's not appropriate to faith. Amen. Faith has no fear in its mouth. So it's inappropriate to speak fear. It's inappropriate to speak doubt. It's inappropriate to speak anger. What about jealousy, Mm -hmm. strife, offense, unforgiveness? What about this? Gossip, combativeness, Uh 
being quick to get into an argument. What about this, speaking disrespectfully or dishonorably? We can't speak these ways and think the anointing that abides within is going to flow out strongly. It's going to hinder how strongly that anointing that's within us can flow out. What about being critical or judgmental, murmuring or complaining? Um, these are what? Sins of the mouth. Right. Yeah. Amen. Um, so speaking inappropriately would include that, but wouldn't it include the obvious? Uh, no off-color jokes, mm-hmm. off-color conversations, mm-hmm. speaking inappropriately, inappropriately with or about the opposite sex. All of that stuff will hinder the flow of the anointing that yeah. abides within yes. you. As a minister, it will hinder what can come upon you. The, the degree of the anointing that can come upon a minister. Uh, what about this? What about speaking about things that aren't our business? That's speaking inappropriately. If I don't have authority over it, it's not my business. Right? What about this? Giving our opinion. When we got redeemed, we got redeemed from having to give our opinions too. We did. Um, being too quick to always, well, I think they ought to do this and I think they ought to do that and I think they ought to do this. That will hinder the the flow of the anointing that abides Uh within us and it will hinder for the minister the the degree of the anointing that can rest upon them. Amen. 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 What about this? Irreverent speaking could also include being irreverent about spiritual things, Mm -hmm. joking about spiritual things. Mm In, in private or just in general mm-hmm. about spiritual things that take place in a service and then being irreverent toward that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mocking it. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Making, trying to, trying to get a joke off of it. Uh-huh. That, yes. that, that will hinder. Yeah. Um, what about this? If parents speak against others in front of their children, yeah. wrong things get in their children. Yeah. Parents sure. know sure. this. Uh-huh. Know this. How we speak at home is going to show up in our children's lives, out in public. It'll show up in their life, but it will show up in their public life as well. Um, Never speak against people. But when you're handling, sometimes there's things as parents that you have to address that are under your authority and children don't need to be hearing it. Be careful of these things. If we speak against church leadership, we speak against congregation members and children will lose their regard and their respect for the church leaders. Yes. They'll lose their regard and respect for the congregation members because nobody's perfect, yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. Nobody's perfect. And when we understand that, it's, it's nothing noble to find what's wrong. It's to find, listen, they're my brother in Christ. They're my mm-hmm. sister in Christ. I'm going to help them every way I can. Yeah, and me right. speaking against them, making, yeah. making conversation that's inappropriate uh-huh. about them will hinder the anointing that flows out of me. Amen. And it will hinder the uh, flow of the anointing for ministers that can come upon them. Yes. Amen. 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 Some of the most dangerous speaking you can do is speaking against spiritual leadership and fellow Christians. That is so dangerous. Yes. 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 It is dangerous to be part of the body and bring injury to the body. Yes, amen. Amen. It's dangerous. I heard one man say, uh, I'm trying to think of of the the correct wording. He said, it's a poor kind of a frog that won't sing about his, won't sing the praises of his own pond. 
Listen to that. It's a poor kind of a frog that won't sing the praises of his own pond. Why? That's where his life gets fed. That's where his life gets nursed. I've only got praises about where God has put me. I've only got good things to say. I don't have something critical to say about my pond where God's watering my life. Amen. Do I need to say that again? Did, did it, that make sense? It's a poor kind of a frog that won't sing the praises of his own pond. Right? Don't frogs stay in their own pond primarily? Why? They, they got their little life going on there. Well, God, God puts us at a place where our life can be watered in the local church. It's dangerous to speak against the pond, the, the watering place where God has put our lives. And we don't ever want to impart that to children. Amen. Amen. Because anything that would cause harm or division in the body of Christ or in a local church is dangerous, dangerous. Dangerous. And it has to be guarded against. You know, I remember one minister, a precious man who got a general in the body of Christ. And he said this, he said, you know, if people speak wrong, you know, they gossip against someone. God will forgive them. But he said the effects of those words going out can't be recaptured. That's right. That's right. And he illustrated it this way. He said, if you go to the top of a mountain where the winds are blowing strong and you open up a bag of feathers mm-hmm. and those feathers fly everywhere and you realize, oh, I've made a mess. You can, oh, I wish I hadn't done that, but you can't ever get all the feathers back. Words fly. Right. Words move. They don't yes. just stay in one location. They'll, they'll be carried to others and you can't get back the effects of those words, although we can get forgiven. So it's just better keep the bag closed. Yes. Amen. 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 And so we have to learn that, that it's so important to keeping our words right. Amen. Um, We've been teaching out of my book called The Price of the Double Portion Anointing. There's there's something not just for, yes, it's going to help fivefold, but it's going to help so much that the believer in his everyday life. So when you read it, don't just think, well, that's written to ministers. Well, it is, but it's also written for the sheep because if it will help a minister be more effective, it'll help a believer live more accurately. Amen. So we want you to go to Jesus the Healer org and you can purchase your copy there. Um, we want to get that out to you, but I would say this also, you're watching this broadcast today for one reason, and that is because Kenneth Copeland and Kenneth Copeland Ministries has generously sown the time to our ministry. I tell you what a generous, generous thing he has done. All the programmers on this network are here at the generosity of Kenneth Copeland and his partners. So I ask you, if this broadcast is a blessing to you, if you're not already, pray about becoming a partner with Kenneth Copeland Ministries. You can go to kcm.org and sign up there to be a partner. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this book, The Price of the Double Portion Anointing, Nancy Dufresne gives clarity on how we are to walk successfully in this era. It instructs those in the ministry, but also brings instruction to every believer in helping them to fulfill the will of God for their lives. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Jesus called healing the children's bread. 
Nancy Dufresne's book, Daily Healing Bread from God's Table, contains daily portions of healing bread for you to feast on and meditate on in your thought life throughout the day. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you have received a healing or have any other testimony to share with us as a result of this broadcast, we would love to hear about it. Please call us, write us, or contact us through our website. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.